I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hi, my name is Rohan Seth. I am joined here today by Pratik Vakri and Sapneet Ji Krishna. We have a bunch of stuff to talk about regarding Apple Competition Policy and the Competition Commission of India. And one of my favorite bits of sort of doing this podcast is to get into the weeds of stuff with Pratik and Sapni, especially tech policy stuff. And if you like the kind of stuff that we talk about, then really consider signing up for our postgraduate program in public policy. Applications are now open and we will put a link to the description in the show notes. Right, Pratik, Sapni, welcome to All Things Policy. Let's get started and um, talk about the developments with CCI and Apple. So, Sapni, do you want to give us a little bit of context on what's happening on that front? So, sometime in September, this uh, non-profit based out of uh, Jaipur, I guess, uh, called Together We Fight Society, they submitted information to the Competition Commission of India, alleging that there is Apple is involved in abuse of dominant position and is in contravention of uh, Section 4 of the Competition Act, which essentially says that it's the entity is abusing its dominant position in the market. So something very interesting that comes out of reading this uh, order is how the informants themselves, they got the opposing party wrong, that uh, while filing the information, they filed the information against the marketing arm of Apple and not the distribution arm, which actually makes apps and content and the services available for consumers. So here, the allegations that the informant makes is basically on three grounds. One, that the way the Apple ecosystem and the App Store ecosystem functions, there is a lot of restriction of options for the consumers. Second, that there is restrictions for app developers. They cannot get to the consumers directly through other app stores or their own independent ventures. And they have to go through, mandatorily go through the not that Apple has given within that system, within that ecosystem. And obviously, the, the most important point being the payments being in-app purchases and payments that are being mandated by Apple to be processed only through Apple's own payment processing system. So here, the relevant market for these three independent, uh, these three allegations, these three bases of these allegations which the informant makes is firstly uh, on the consumer end and obviously also for the restrictions for app developers. The relevant market that is identified is the non-licensable mobile OS. So essentially, mostly we can broadly classify mobile OSs as two, right? One is the Apple ecosystem, the iOS, and the other is the open source one, which is Google's Android. So they identify non-licensable mobile OS, which technically zeros on the zeros down almost exclusively to Apple's iOS. And then they also identify App Store for Apple OS smartphones, which again comes back to the point of the three bases for the allegations I earlier mentioned. And finally, for in-app payments, they contest that the relevant market and the market players considered should be broadly the entire UPI system that we have in India and not the, the relevant market 
there should be hens within that ecosystem it should be easy it is then easy to identify apples in app process in app payment processing system as being dominant there so while alleging abusive conduct the informant alleges that the apple app store guidelines that is basically the standard form contract that they provide have no space for negotiation which is a classic trait of all standard form contracts right and also then obviously the big elephant in the room is uh, the payment the issues with the payments side of this problem that apple's app store has which is one that there is excessive commission of almost 30% on transactions per in app purchases compared to they compare it with other payment processors like crazy pay and uh, billdesk etc who charge between 1 to 5% and they also allege that this uh, deters innovation since the high cost for competitors that contributes to apple being able to absorb the costs within its own vertical where resulting in absolutely higher costs for any competing entity that it has to it either reduces their profit or they have to pass it on to the consumers so here they also look at very interestingly how apple becomes the merchant of record for in app purchases preventing direct access to the end consumer herself so then they also want to talk about again the mandatory use of in app payment services including the denial of market access to other players and also the tying of markets which is a very interesting idea that comes up uh, you know time and again in competition and antitrust cases where the in app purchase payment processing system is tied in with the app store itself the app store use is conditional to the use of the payment processor that apple has and these tie in arrangements are not per se illegal according to indian law but that is where a lot of uh, conversation and debate can happen and i think that's that's broadly how they have looked at and presented this set of allegations the informant has presented this set of allegations and it and it's an interesting interesting sort of characterization right um thank you for that i want to contribute here as host that a friend of the podcast mehi majan and anupam of course have joined before in some of these discussions and one of the things that we often talk about is defining the relevant market so generally like if there's a big company let's say meta or, or google they'll try to make the market as broad as possible and the person who sort of finding the allegation will try to define the market as narrowly as possible to prove that the company is a monopoly and that is fascinating to me so pratik you know take us through a little bit on what the relevant market is here or some of the key points and what apple's been saying here yeah so i, I think something sort of covered that right there were broadly three relevant markets that they identified the first being the market for non licensable smart mobile operating systems the second being the market for app store on apple smart mobile operating system or just apple ios uh, and the third being the market for apps facilitating payment through upi now the, the third one is is an interesting one because it hasn't really come up It, it didn't really come up too often, even in the even in the CCI order. And I and I remember when this, uh, even when this complaint had had come out, this this third one was one that you know at least left me me scratching my head as to where it fits in, etc. Because while we you know while none of us have seen the original complaint in its full form, reports I think from Medianama suggested that even this market definition wasn't used too extensively anywhere else in the complaint. Right. That being said, right, just just as you pointed out about you know companies are likely to try and define the market as. widely as possible and someone alleging dominance is likely going to define it as 
narrowly as possible. That's exactly one of the things that Apple said. In in I think so they they had about 10, 11 points that they had raised this contention that was listed at least in the report. Right, the first being that the market definition was too narrow, and and I'll quote because the phrase is interesting. Right, it was uh, tailor made to falsely portray Apple as a dominant enterprise. Right, uh, and then they used. Uh, essentially use the consumer side of the market to quoting IDC data, which says Apple's market share is somewhere in the 0 to 5% range. And because of that, you know, if being such a small portion of the overall smartphone market uh, in India, it, there's essentially no question of Apple having a dominant position. And then they also say that, and you know, this one had me chuckling a little bit, was that switching OSs, you know, the, the allegation of a dominant position is incorrect because Switching OS is, is essentially seamless, right? Which for anyone who's ever tried to switch from iOS to Android or Android to iOS, I, I, I don't know. While it's gotten easier over the years, it's certainly far from being being seamless. And I think this is in in so the the Together We Fight Society, right? Was also I think was also given the opportunity to file a rejoinder in which they essentially they contested this bit of it, and then. For the relevant market, again, they went back to the second relevant market that the company had defined, which was the app stores for Apple smart mobile OS in India. And they said, like, look, even if Apple is 100% dominant, you know, dominance itself is not an offense. You need to prove abuse, right? Or you have to establish that it's been abused. The other interesting one was because one of the points of the, one of the charges was about the review guidelines, right? On the app store being un, often unfair or arbitrary. And, you know, and so, so Apple said, look, they're not unfair or arbitrary. Obviously, they would say that and that they've been put in place to make sure that the app store is safe and secure, right? And again, both can simultaneously be true, right? Depending on how and where this is, how and when you you apply these rules. And then they point to the commission aspect of it, which I think at the time that the complaint was filed was 30%. I think since then, Apple has relaxed it a little bit to say that in certain conditions, it's 15%. And so they said, look, right now, most developers don't even pay a commission and most of them that do only pay a 15% commission. And then they pointed to the the Epic versus Apple lawsuit, right? Which we've done a podcast on earlier. And they've said that the outcome of that suit was that it largely embraces uh, Apple's App Store uh, business model. Again, in the rejoinder, you know, I think the Together We Fight Society said, look, that case is not really final yet, right? There are appeals. So it's a bit of a stretch to say that that has been largely embraced, right? And especially when you look at the global context, and how different countries are in, you know, looking at Apple's App Store uh, very closely. I, I think for them to say that it that model has now been largely em- embraced in the current day and it is, 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 a, is an interesting one. Right? But of course, Apple would say that. And the final one was a bit interesting because they said that the informant was acting on behalf of parties, which Apple, I think, has commercial or contractual disputes or they've complaint to other regulator, right? which I thought was an interesting allegation to throw in there, you know, attacking the informant rather than the basis of the complaint itself. But yeah, that's largely how Apple has contested the charges. And it's also interesting there to note that they actually went ahead and gave that as a submission to the CCI, essentially even challenging the ability of CCI to sort of discern what the motivations are. And, and I think through the order, that's that's pretty clear. I mean, they sort of came down pretty heavily saying that, yeah, on, I mean, to me, at least it seemed to be of the tone that, yeah, we know what we do. So you don't have to say that. Right. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they basically said that we'll intervene if the case has merit, who the informant works with is not really relevant per se. Yeah, That's quite interesting to me. I want to sort of also talk about Epic versus Apple and so on. 
But before we do that, let's take a quick commercial break. Hi, welcome back. We've got a bunch of stuff ahead to discuss. And I think it's good to sort of begin this section with Apple's business model. So the quote that always sort of has stuck out to me that Tim Cook says is that Apple works at the intersection of hardware, software and services. And when I think about what he's saying that is that when it comes to hardware, um, so like Apple became the first $3 trillion company recently. And when it comes to hardware, it sort of has the... Uh, the, the supply chain of a Toyota and the margin of a Ferrari when it comes to software it sort of collects revenue through the app store and a bunch of other places uh, from developers and when it comes to services it asks its customers for stuff like iCloud Plus and so on and it's just a super lucrative intersection to be at but of course with that has come its set of problems and most recently we saw this happen in the Epic versus Apple Epic Games versus Apple tie that happened in the US Sabi, talk to us a little bit about that, how that went on and um, and your takeaway. I think, yeah, obviously, as uh, Prateek mentioned earlier, we've done an exhaustive podcast on that particular ruling, which I think we can link it to the description if you want to go back to listen what the intricacies of that was. But connecting that to this particular issue, I think, is this point within that rejoinder, which uh, together we fight society filed about the nature of cost of establishing and operating the app store ecosystem vis-a-vis the income that is generated from the app store ecosystem itself. That is a point that uh, Apple seems to be making time again, even during the Epic trial, the Epic versus Apple trial in the US. There was intense discussion. There was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of heat to that point on the contention that how much does the app store really contribute to Apple's revenue? And it, turn, it did turn out that a lot of Apple's uh, high-flying executives were not quite sure what it was. And that wasn't quite revealed at the end of this trial either. So that is something the rejoinder also points to, that what the cost of establishing and operating that ecosystem is as compared to the income generation or the revenue generation that happens from the App Store, given that there is a 30% quote-unquote expensive sort of commission that Apple takes away from there. It's quite compared to the other sort of uh, companies that take commissions. On the App Store model, even Google does that for that matter, there is comparatively a lot of advantage that these gatekeepers, as they are, they have, and they take a lot of commission out of that. So that is a point of contention, I think, that would come up again in India as well. But if the US, if in the US, Apple did not budge and manage to give that breakup, I don't know if uh, that'll happen in India. But that'll be an interesting point to watch, particularly in the Indian case, because in India, the users of are within the ecosystem is comparatively very less. Yeah, I, I think the Apple just tried to make the point that you know, App Store Commission is essentially their compensation for providing developers with a built-in user user base and again i'll quote here because i'm not sure what they mean when they say this uh significant technical and marketing know-how right uh, that's that's the phrase that they use which which is interesting but i think as you said right uh, it just needs to be backed up with data. beyond just being a claim yeah which is that data is quite uh... I mean, nobody knows what data that data is. And that, yeah, that yeah. Is yeah. correct. I think, like you said, I think that part is going to be interesting, right? To see how, how they justify this, this claim. 
let's talk about this case a little bit. The implications, what the CCI has said and so on, because I think it's quite fascinating how this is developing. So um, you guys want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, so a c- couple of things to to note there, right? Let me just go broad first and then we can go into the maybe the specific violation or the spe- specific section that CCI says that there is a prima facie case. And I also realized that I don't, I don't think I've ever used that term on a podcast until Sapit joined us. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so they essentially said that, look, App stores are an integral part of the ecosystem now and developers have a dependency on them, right? And that uh, then they looked at from a user perspective and from they looked at the, you know, the, the aspect of switching costs and multi-homing from both from a user perspective and a developer perspective. And they essentially said that, look, users are not multi-homing because the switching costs are high. And they I think they pointed to some survey that Apple themselves provided, which, which said that I think only a limited number of iPhone and iPad users own uh, non-Apple tablets or, uh, or smartphones, right? But on the developer side, because they have to cater to a large number of users across different type of, you know, different types of mobile ecosystems, developers do tend to multi-home in the sense that they're building across them, right? And then there are uh, cross-site network effects that uh, that come into play. Interestingly, they, they've accepted the, the second definition, right, of, uh, of the relevant market, which is the market for app stores for, for iOS in India. And they made a reference to a parallel or a previous case with Google where I believe that I think the investigation is still still ongoing where it had accepted the definition for a relevant market for app stores and Android. So it cited that as the reason for accepting together we fight society's definition and said that look because of the dependency that these markets of app stores have as uh, you know, for the distribution of, of applications there needs to be nuance in terms of how markets are defined and, and again I, I thought that was was an interesting observation. They also disagreed with Apple's zero to five percent market share claim, saying that look, you're citing a consumer side number when the allegations here are with regard to anti-competitive practices on, uh, with regard to developers, right? Uh, to with, with app developers. So the relevant market needs to be defined from that perspective. Right, Sapneen, do you want to add on? No, I think I think that I'm observing this pattern that we're having interesting takes and you know sort of smart takes on, I mean, at least loyally smart in, in terms of reaching out to regular, on, in terms of uh, cases that are filed against big tech companies. So when, when you look at uh, the Google case, which Pratik was mentioning, uh, and this case also, and, and that's not limited to India, it's across the globe we see that, and obviously the rise of the antitrust movement, the so-called antitrust movement may have a lot to contribute there, but I do think it is pretty interesting that we, at this point, we are at least our competition commission and the Indian establishment, regulatory establishment, which sort of seems to run not very far ahead in understanding technicalities. In this case, I mean, it's it's pretty pleasantly surprising for me that they are looking at platforms from the perspectives that they are multi-sided markets and this change is pretty new and I, I hope that continues and they understand the, the, the understanding of technicalities but that catches on better. Right. Pratik, I know you want to talk a little bit more about the details of this. So, go on. Yeah, so this is this is interesting, right? Because as they concluded, they essentially said that essentially 4.2 of the Competition Act 
section 42 talks about the abuse of dominance and the cci basically said that okay look we need a more detailed investigation that the directorate general will do but as, as of now it appears that there is ground for investigation of violations of i think you know essentially uh, 42a b c d and e which i thought was interesting and i'll i'll just talk about each of these briefly for a second so 42a is essentially when you're talking about and so i won't use the exact terms exact uh, le- legalese here so i so sapni forgive me if i or correct me if i make any inaccurate representations because i'm speaking in in normal english speak right so there's uh, 42a is essentially when there's unfair discriminatory conditions or prices right uh, and uh, this was specifically in regard to the application of app store guideline right which the allegation was that they can be unpredictable they can be again to use the terms in the complaint they can be capricious and discriminatory which i thought was interesting then there's 42b which talks about limiting or restricting production of goods and services or technical and scientific uh, development of goods and services again this was this was an interesting one to note because they're talking about the fact that look because the app store rules do not do not allow uh, anyone to create any sort of storefront for app or essentially a competing app store on ios it is limiting technical and scientific distribution because it reduces pressure on apple to innovate right uh, 42c is talking about denial of market access which again goes back to you know given given on which side of app store review decision and an app is on it can lead to denial of market access and they also take a forward looking perspective of you know the app store part that i just spoke about which is that they are essentially foreclosing any potential app stores or distributors from uh, you know from coming up on iOS right 42d refers to tying and sapni sapni covered that earlier which refers to the fact that if you have you know, if, if in a contract you have uh, you, you need them to uh, accept terms that are not really connected to the services of, of the contract then i think that's and sapni feel free to to correct me here right but that's essentially the, the tying aspect of it which they refer to the fact that look that they've app developers to use apple's in app payment processing system in app purchases so this as per cci it looks like it they, they don't believe that this is connected to the contract for distribution i think that's that's an important one because there are parallels here with the law in south korea as well right and then the final one for to e which is about leveraging right which is you know taking dominant position one relevant market and then using that to enter into another and in that is apple the cci essentially said that because apple is putting itself in between the user and the and a developer it can enter downstream markets and, and things like that right uh, and i think they specifically gave the example of music which i thought was notable especially when you consider what's happening with spotify as well but yeah those, those were the you know the specific clauses that uh, they believe may be violated and that you know that there needs to be further investigation on I think I'll just add a bit to the uh, tying in for to BD. So basically, it talks about the just that the difference. These are two, at least even to me, these are two separate products which need not necessarily go hand in hand to ultimately give the end user or the developer the the characteristic that is needed or to sort of put that into proper use. so the example of here of the payment processing system so it can be completely different it can have its own competitive sphere within it can have its own market as against the app store which in this case is completely forced together as against bundled together which 
the law clearly makes a distinction. It's bundling together is basically when, say, probably if you use the, if it was the case that if you use Apple's in app, I mean, Apple's own payment processor and it results in you having to give lesser amount of commissions as against, say, another payment processor like Razorpay or Buildesk, which in the hypothetical situation that they did have access to it. Then if they were trying to have these two separate services provided to you, bundled together at a lesser cost, discounts, etc., that would be completely different from the situation that we have at hand right now where you don't have an option and the other, and it ties back to the other provisions that Pratik mentioned, right? But essentially, you're restricting access to the market to other players and it, it results in lesser competition and, and then that one dominant position that the player has in one market and one side of the service is used slash misused in another side of the market. All right. Thanks, Apni. That was uh, supremely interesting. We'll uh, look forward to more developments on this matter soon enough uh, because as these investigations go on, 2022 is going to be a super interesting year. So, tune in and keep listening to All Things Policy. Thanks, Pradeek. Thanks, Apni. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in. Hey, hey, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On All Things Policy, Ananya Desai and Rohan Pai discuss recurrent bans on fireworks during festive seasons in India and discuss possible solutions to tackle India's air pollution problem. On the Habit Coach Podcast, Ashton Doctor welcomes Sahil Mehta, an esteemed mountaineer and author of the book Break Free. Sahil shares a transformative experience which became the catalyst for embracing discipline and fulfillment. The episode explores the profound impact of vulnerability on personal growth. Folks, if you like our shows, do spread the word. Tell your friends and don't forget to rate and review them wherever you're listening to them. Follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. You'll also find all our shows on YouTube at youtube.com slash Podcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Omidyar Network India, Abbott, IDFC First Bank and Save Life Foundation. Thank you for making this possible.